You may have heard on the podcast Debbie Arrington talking about the tastiest roses, the roses to munch on. And she mentioned something very interesting, that the tastiest roses also were the roses that had the best fragrance. So what are the most fragrant roses? Let's talk with another master rosarian, Charlotte Owendike of the Sierra Foothills Rose Society. Charlotte, you have, what, over 300 roses in your yard, right? That's correct. <laughs> so I imagine that you've got some fragrant favorites. The ones that most people, when I talk about, they ask me about what are good fragrant roses. They always ask and mention Mr. Lincoln and Double Delight. And these are roses that uh, were hybridized in the late 60s, early 70s, because I bought Double Delight the year it came out. So um, let's not talk about my age okay. then. <laughs> Anyway, they are lovely roses, but I don't have them in my yard. And why because, is that? Yeah, why is that? Because they're not as disease resistant as some of the newer roses that came down the pike. At the time these roses were bred, they were going for scent and, and people were spraying their roses then too. So they didn't have to worry about mildew and black spot and all those things. So the roses were not as strong and sturdy. The newer roses that they have produced now, they're much stronger and they're more disease resistant than the older roses. Believe it or not, disease resistance and fragrance are actually linked somehow in the genetic makeup of a rose. So first, they couldn't get both those two things. They had to go for one of them and so they went for disease resistance first. And then once they got some disease resistant, they started incorporating more fragrance. So you'll see more and more of the newer roses have our fragrant, which is really, really nice. And so I'm going to talk about some of my favorite ones. My absolute favorite, I'm going to start, start off with that one first, is Secret. And I've mentioned this before, and you've heard me talk about it. It produces beautiful, it's a bicolor rose. It has pink around the edging and kind of a creamy, the center of the petal is creamy white. And it will actually turn darker pink, just like a little bit like Double Delight does. And it's, so it changes. And if you bring it inside, it, it gets lighter because it doesn't have the sun bringing that, the color out. It's got a fragrant, strong, spicy scent to it. It's a very vigorous bush. The bush grows really strong. It puts out a lot of blooms and it will, and it's usually a one bloom per stem. Occasionally you get a spray, which is two or, th or more buds on one stem. And they're great cutting roses. So it's lovely to bring that inside. It'll, it'll scent the entire room. So you can tell I'm in love with this rose. But <laughs> we should but, we should mention that's a, a hybrid tea rose. Most of these roses are hybrid teas, and it's, and thank you for that. Uh, very few of the ones that I'm mentioning. Some are shrub roses. One or two that maybe uh, I think I'm going to mention Julia Child. She's a floribunda. So or the, and they could be a grandiflora, but grandiflora is like a hybrid tea. Only they throw out more cluster blooms instead of one rose per cane and they'll have two or three per cane so that's the difference between grandiflora and a hybrid guy are you going to mention julia child oh i can't okay. i can it's not my second most favorite i guess it could be because i love the color yeah um, 
can I tell my favorite story about Julia Child and be, why how it got its name? Be my guest. Yeah, okay. Um, Julia Child did not want a rose named after her, but uh, Weeks Roses at the time said, well, why don't you come and take a look at all the roses in our growing fields? So she drove over to um, down uh, near uh, Bakersfield where they had the growing fields because she lived in Santa Barbara at the time. And she walked and she pointed to the some roses in the distance and says, that one. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> Just like that. Tom Carruth, who was the hybridizer of this particular rose, is very proud of this story. That's who I got the story from. And she liked it because it was the color of butter. Everybody who's cooked with Julia Child uh, recipes knows she loves butter. So that's why she picked that particular one. And it has a myrrh fragrance. Uh, to some people, it smells like anise or a type of licorice scent. Some people smell it very well and some people don't. But it's, it's a beautiful bloom. And it's, it's just a rich, buttery yellow. It, and it's very, very uh, disease resistant. The blooms will fade a little bit as they get older. But who cares when you got a really gorgeous blue? I have one bush, which is the very first one I got. And then I have six tree roses and, they're, and the whole bush is butter yellow. So people, when they see my yard, they know the rosarian lives there because not because <laughs> they see those bushes. But anyway, my next favorite rose, and this one is an excellent rose, it's called Memorial Day. It also was hybridized by Tom Cruise. He was a he was a excellent hybridizer. These are uh, kind of roughly orchid pink hybrid tea roses. That the blooms are about five to six inches across. They're just stunning. And I my bush right now it looks like a big bouquet. I have at least twenty five to thirty buds on that particular bush as we speak, because I just looked out the window. It is a super strong, classic old rose fragrance. So that a lot of people like that old rose kind of a fragrance. So it's almost nearly thornless too. Mm. So that's another reason a lot of people like this particular rose. It's a pink and rose. It's a pink rose. And sometimes it has a pinkish orchid kind of purplish, pinkish purple. Kind of lavender, pinkish lavender, I guess it, I would say. So it's it's absolutely lovely. All these three roses, all the roses I'm talking about are very, very disease resistant. None of them have had black spot or powdery mildew on them as we speak. Do the roses you mentioned have a, a wide planting area? Can other parts of the country, other USDA zones besides us here in USDA Zone um, 9 have success with these? Yes, most of them. There are some people who live in uh, the really colder areas and their nurseries that they would go to would not stock any rose that won't survive their colder areas. And in some of the colder areas, people uh, will bury their roses in winter and such like that. So I would check with your local rose society. I'm thinking if you're in two, three, four, maybe five, you, that's a little getting a little touchy secret 
for example, is frost tender. Mm. So that one is you need to stay in a warmer area or you need to protect it as a rose. Well, the good news is you're going to be talking about a lot of fragrant roses here. Plus, in the newsletter, you have a complete article about fragrant roses that uh, people can read after they're done listening to this. Oh, yes, I know. And it and it, what's nice, it talks a little bit of what makes a rose unique about the different kinds of scents. There are basically, you know, five different scents, and I've talked about those, and I talked about these different articles, and I even told a little story about my poor brother who went through and, and put his nose in all 350 plants I have here to figure out what scent he liked best. <laughs> all right, so we have... In your list of disease-resistant fragrant roses, we've got Secret, Julia Child, and Memorial Day. I bet there's more. Oh, I, I think I can add a few more. How about a red rose? How about Firefighter? Ooh. That's a dusky red velvet hybrid tea, and it has an intense old rose fragrance. It was named after the firefighters who lost their lives on 9-11, so it's a remembrance-type rose. But it's an excellent cut flower. It's almost always one bloom per stem, and it's very vigorous, and it likes to bloom. That's a taller rose. It's a little bit taller than some of the other ones. Another one I really like. This is for that blush, kind of a bridal pink. It's called Francis Milan. And this rose has amazing, sweet, strong fruit and citrus. I like roses that are kind of fruity in, in fragrance. I'll damask and fruit. That's my favorite. And this one, it's beautiful. It has the center of the rose is kind of pinkish, and then it unfurls, and it becomes ivory white. And it's just gorgeous and a great cut flower. So Is um, that a fairly new entry? Yeah, that one, um, that was about maybe within the last 10 years. Okay. All of these are within the last 10, 15 years. You know, going back to something we were talking about originally about the old roses that had a good fragrance, but they were susceptible to diseases. You mentioned Mr. Lincoln and Double Delight. Probably Fragrant Cloud would be in that mix as well. That's true. It's also in that category. I didn't put that in this article, but I, I made a note to mention Fragrant Cloud because when it came out, I, I remember I walking down the neighborhood and somebody had planted it and Naturally, you walk through a rose, it catches your eye because that's a, it, it has a great eye color and it really stood out in that particular garden. And I put my nose in and go, whoa, that's really smelly. Said the woman who says her nose doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> well, some days are better than other okay. days, depending on if I take an allergy pill or not. <laughs> All right. Let's see if we can round up five more. So we have a oh, nice... Oh, you want five more? If, okay. if you've got five more, yeah. So that way we have a, a top 10 of, okay. of Charlotte's okay. favorite fragrant roses. I'm going to... Um, oh, I'm going to give you one, a white rose. It is a beautiful white rose. It was one of the best performers this last summer. It kept on pumping out the blooms, no matter how hot it was. And that was the same thing for Memorial Day. Pope John Paul and Memorial Day were some of my best performers in my garden. And we were talking anywhere from 80 to over 100 degree heat, depending on the day. So uh, I want to say that it's, it's a clear white blooms. And it's a, it has a lot of petals because there's about 45 petals in this one, but it has a strong citrus fragrance. 
and it's a stunning disease-resistant bush. It has beautiful dark green glossy foliage. Whenever I see leaves that are very glossy, I know they're going to most likely be very disease-resistant because they have a waxy covering and like the spores from the fungus and from the powdery mildew kind of roll off. They have a harder time getting through that glossy waxy covering. So that's I know when I see a rose bush with a waxy cover, I go, oh, this one's probably going to be good and disease resistant. So it's my number three fragrant rose. Oh, Pope John Paul II. Yes. I actually have two of them. And I wasn't going to get another one. And then I was walking through a nursery and they're in a pot. And it was just sitting all by itself with a couple other roses. And it was near the end of the season. So it's August. And it had at least... 10 to 15 white blooms on this pot. Hmm. I said, that is such a good bush. I'm going to take you home with me. <laughs> so I do pick up stray cats and dogs. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Let's, how about some more? That's why you like talking to me, because I can make you laugh. Okay. Princess Alexandria Kent. There's a, a whole group of roses that they call English roses or Austin roses. And David Austin was a hybridizer out of England, and he loved old garden roses because he liked the shape of the bloom. There's hundreds of petals usually, and a lot of them are very, very fragrant. But some, many of them, they didn't bloom that frequently, or they only bloom once that a year. They only, you know, they'd have the spring bloom and then they'd stop, or they have intermittent blooms the rest of the year. So he crossed hybrid tea and the newer modern roses, which bloom all the time. They're called recurrent. And they've got a whole, he came up with some beautiful roses. And one of the ones I absolutely love is Princess Alexandria of Kent. It's their very large, bright pink flowers that are cupped and they don't hang down. They look up at you because the, the stem holding them up is, is very good. And it's a very rounded shrub. It's about four feet by four feet in my garden and it has a fresh tea fragrance that matures get with a little bit of lemon and hint of blackberries. And it handles our heat really well. So that's a lovely one. I really like that one. Let's see. How about I'm going to give you Golden Celebration. I've had this one for a very long time. And I like it because it's that golden yellow color. It's not quite the same color. It's a richer uh, color than Julia Child. And it's a bigger bush, but the, it has a beautiful fragrance and I can pick it and bring it in the, the whole house smells, not just the room. And it has strong tea, kind of a wine, Saturn wine and strawberry fragrance. It's just beautiful. It's, and it's a stunning uh, rose. Now, sometimes when you have a very fragrant rose, it doesn't necessarily always last that long. And this one doesn't last that long. Everyone that I mentioned earlier it are all good cut flowers. But this one, it'll last three or four days, where the other one will five or six days. And it's a deep yellow color, right? Yep. It's just a golden yellow. Yeah. It's absolutely gorgeous. Beverly is another really nice one. It's a really bright, intense pink it's more of a pink it's a deep pink and it has more of a ruffled kind of look and it the fragrance in that it has citrus i love it how these peach pear and plum you know has and a couple other under notes but you're going to have to figure that out with your own notes <laughs> and 
and it's a beautiful rose. Instead of having a, a kind of a pointy tip to it, it opens up flat. So it's a it's pretty an arrangement. And that's a lovely one. Another one, and I love, I always love this one. This will be and your last I, one. Are you sure you want to make this one your last one? Well, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going I'm going to make this one. It's called Falling in Love. Okay. Because if you plant this, you're going to love all kinds of roses. No. Uh, <laughs> no, the reason, I, I don't know why the marketers came up with this one, but when we saw this rose, we just chuckled. It's a beautiful pink rose. It lasts can last up to seven days as a cut rose. And it has the perfect viral shape, It and it's super fragrant. But when you cut it and you look at the stems, it is very thorny. Oh, my. <laughs> well, still, be careful. It has everything. It just, except the big prickles. But they're farther apart on their side. Master Rosarian, Charlotte Owendyke's Top 10 Fragrant Roses, Secret, Julia Child, Memorial Day, Firefighter, Francis Milan, Pope John Paul II, Princess Alexandria of Kent, Golden Celebration, Beverly, and Falling in Love. Serve them in a salad soon. At your nearest botanical restaurant. <laughs> Why not? Charlotte Owendyke is with the Sierra Foothills Rose Society. Some great fragrant roses there. And again, the accompanying article in the uh, Beyond the Basics newsletter will have even more information from Charlotte about fragrant <laughs> roses. Thank you for your efforts in this behalf, Charlotte. It's been a pleasure, and I love talking with you, Fred. <laughs> oh, we have fun. Good. Yes, we do. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Charlotte. Okay. Bye-bye. All right.